Actual Fluency Podcast, episode 29. Welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast, the podcast that gives you the tools and inspiration to learn languages faster and more efficiently. And now your host, Chris Broholm. Today's episode of the Actual Fluency Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Audible Audiobooks. Get your free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com forward slash fluency. Hello, 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 hello. This is the Actual Fluency Podcast for language learners and aspiring polyglots, or actual polyglots if you are one. It's uh, for everyone, basically. I'm here to provide you with motivation, inspiration, and empowerment that language learning truly is accessible to just about everyone. Well, let's say actually everyone. This week's episode features Judith Mayer, who is here on the third episode of the podcast. So if you haven't yet listened to episode three, which is one of our, the very popular episodes of the podcast, I suggest you go back and listen to that uh, before listening to this. Before I send you over to the interview with Judith, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being a listener and making the show awesome. You know, it's basically you are the reason I'm doing this. And uh, sometimes we, I forget to acknowledge that. So I just want to say thank you for listening. That's uh, the most important thing, getting it out there. And uh, the second little thing I want to mention is that if you're a big fan of the show, and you want to get the first 25 episodes conveniently bundled up and um, labeled so you can easily transfer them to a, a, a mobile device, a tablet, or, or, or whatever. And then I'm currently running a closed beta test of a bundle with, uh, with those exact episodes where uh, when you purchase the bundle, you also get access to a uh, kind of a, a package of previously unreleased features. And there's an exclusive episode, there's some exclusive interviews, and there's some exclusive videos and stuff. If you are interested in beta testing this product for me, and basically beta testing is just to test out the sales process, the presentation, the content, and the price point, and everything, feel free to send me an email at chris at actualfluency.com and just put the podcast bundle in the headline. And everyone who is uh, invited to take part in the beta program will receive a, a, a discount voucher for the bundle. And also uh, the first few people who contact me would also get a free $10 voucher for italki. So you can go ahead and uh, book your language learning lesson without cost, or at least, you know, get uh, most of it funded. I know that uh, most peop- most tut- tutors do charge more than $10, but this is, the, this is what we have to work with. And as, you know, as I mentioned, just send me an email if you're interested and I'll give you the link. And all that I ask in return is that you just fill in a, um, a little questionnaire about the process and give me any feedback that you might have. So enough about that. And uh, we're almost ready to go to the interview Judith Meyer. Before we get into that interview, I just want to be completely transparent. And in the interview, I will be, or me and Judith will be talking about her new service, uh, Learn You, which is an automatic service for learning Chinese. And it may seem as though, you know, we're pitching it quite hard to you guys. But in fact, 
it's first of all, it's a free service and it always will be free, uh, Judith uh, told me. And secondly, I've tried the service myself. I've been beta testing it and I also supported it with $100 of my own of my own money. So I believe in this product and it's not kind of a, you know, it's not a it's not a sales pitch for the sake of sales pitching it. You know, Judith is a good friend of mine and she puts out quality stuff. So you know, half of this episode is a, a lot about learning Chinese specifically, what is good about, you know, how to learn the characters and what should I learn first. And then the second half is kind of going into making an automated learning process. And in there, we get into a lot of the qualities that LearnU has and how the process has been for her. Um, if you want to support the LearnU project, the, the Indiegogo uh, donation uh, drive is still open for a few more days. So please, if you are interested in learning Chinese and supporting the development of a much, much, much more easier way to learn Chinese, then go on to learnyou.com. That's L-E-A-R-N-Y-U.com. And just check it out. You know, it's free to try out. Uh, well, it will be free for everything, but right now you can try out the the first lesson just to see how it is. And then when it's out of beta, you'll be given access to all of it for absolutely no money. So I really appreciate these initiatives in the language learning world where people are kind of given tools that allow them to learn languages cheaper. I mean, free and more efficiently as well. That's kind of what the whole show is about, discovering these things. And I will be learning Chinese in about, you know, I'm thinking next year, maybe, but it might be the year after. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that I want to learn Chinese at some point. It's just too cool with the uh, with the characters and, and, the, and the tone. So that's all for me this time. And as always, you know, have a great day. And I hope you enjoy listening to the podcast. And I'll see you in the next one. All right, everyone. Today's guest really requires no introduction, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Um, she was the guest of episode three of this very podcast, and she hosted the highly praised Polyglot Gathering in Berlin. Apart from these great feats, she also speaks some 13 languages and is currently busy promoting her new Automagic Chinese course. Judith, it's so good to have you back on the show. How have you been? I've been doing really well. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. And of course, uh, for the listeners out there who didn't listen to the third episode yet, it would be wise for them to go back and maybe listen to some of your language story because we won't really have time to go into that. But the interesting bit that's going on right now is Chinese. Yes. So we decided to sit down and record an episode about how to best learn Chinese. And I guess the first question that anyone would ask you is, isn't it difficult to learn Chinese? Well, yes and no. I mean, basic Chinese is possibly the easiest language you've ever learned because the grammar is basically non-existent and the vocabulary is very versatile. You need very few words and you can say a lot. So uh, just to get a grounding in Chinese, to say tourist level or beginner level, to talk about yourself, your friends, it's uh, quite easy to do. But then as you progress, uh, it gets quite hard because of the cultural influences. Mm -hmm. And also, I, I suppose, the, the writing? Yeah. And writing. yeah, the writing system was actually uh, quite a lot of trouble. So yeah, when I say it's very easy, I mean, uh, if you're going to go for a spoken approach and learn how to speak the language, right. just based on pinyin. And... Exactly. And when you first got into Chinese, what, how did you uh, attack it, so to speak? What got you interested in? What did you first do? Uh, I, I was always fascinated by Chinese. <laughs> I think I was 
14 or so, I already knew that I wanted to learn Chinese eventually. Oh, wow. Now, I wasn't, uh, I, I wasn't courageous enough to do it then, <laughs> because I had never studied the language in self-study. But uh, when I was 18, uh, I read about a Chinese learning competition, which was only open to high school uh, students. Wow. And I was in my last year of high school, so I knew I had to study Chinese then. <laughs> I had to start. Wow, so you so, started really early. Yeah, and I self-studied Chinese, which wasn't very bright <laughs> because it was such a different language. I, I had never studied a non-European language until then, so I didn't get very far, but it was good enough for the competition. And I, I won uh, a six-week uh, uh, trip to China to attend an intensive language course there. So that really helped. <laughs> right. So you got a, a lot of help to learn it in the beginning. Yes, I did. How and would you go back and, and learn it if you had to learn it completely on your own? Uh, I would probably use the internet a lot because there are so many resources out there right now. I think the Chinese government and also other organizations are pouring a lot of money into learning Chinese. So you can find some really cool stuff online. Right. And uh, then, yeah, you, you need you need to make a holistic approach, you need to hear the language a lot, you need to speak it a lot, you need to write it a lot, you need to read it a lot, and uh, just get, get used to, to this language. It's not a language where you can get by translating from your own language or from another language. Like, uh, if you're learning Spanish and you're an Italian speaker, you can probably do that, but to learn Chinese you really have to have a lot of input and uh, get a lot of corrections on your output. Right, and it's not a, a language you learn in three months. No, definitely not. <laughs> <You need laughs> not a tourist level, like I said, but beyond that, no. It's, it's a very complex language with a long history, longer than any other language that uh, you may be learning. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot to study, especially at the more advanced levels, a lot of expressions that are thousands of years old and that you need to be aware of. And, yeah. Right. It's, and it's very beautiful, too. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm looking forward to studying it. Um, and of course, we've been talking about Mandarin. Um, you didn't study, get into Cantonese? You didn't find the no. exciting or anything? Um, I mean, Mandarin is already enough for me. I'm still studying it <laughs> 10 years later. So. Right. <laughs> but uh, the other the, the other dialects, dialects are not really uh, useful. Um, maybe if you're going to talk to the expat community, there are a lot of Cantonese speakers or other dialects. But in China itself, uh, everyone speaks Mandarin, mm -hmm. and yeah, the, it's not like uh, with Arabic that uh, people are not used to speaking Mandarin. They're used to speaking Mandarin. They speak Mandarin every day, so it's, I don't really see the point of learning uh, Cantonese. It's more like learning Swiss German, I guess. Right, <laughs> but that would be yeah, fun too. Do it. Yeah, it's a beautiful language. You can do it. But it's exactly. not really urgent. Exactly. And the other, I suppose, difference, uh, other than the character system, is the tonal system. Yes. How did you first kind of perceive this and how did that change uh, over the years, the tone system? A lot of people tell me that the tones must be very difficult, but I never thought so. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there is an analogy that works very well with German and I guess also English, but not so much uh, French or so. That is, we're actually using the tones. We're using the tones in our everyday speech. Uh, and we're just not using them actively, we're not aware of them. But if you're thinking, uh, this is a story I always uh, tell, works pretty well. Um, so you th imagine like a little boy and uh, he sees an airplane in the sky. And so he goes, there, there. And uh, in German it's really da, da, which works better for Chinese because Chinese doesn't have this there sound. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes 
and that, that, and uh, that would be the first tone. And now there's uh, his father, and he can't really see what the boy is pointing at. So he goes, uh, da, there. That's the second tone. Oh, wow, yeah. And then the little boy imitates it, like a little bit ridiculously, maybe a bit. So like, uh, da, da, <laughs> there, there. And that's the third tone. And uh, then he, he says it uh, with a lot of uh, stress, affirming it, uh, there. That's the fourth tone. Oh, so wow. we're actually using all these tones, at least if you're speaking a somewhat melodic language, uh, like German or English. Wow. And uh, it's just a matter of learning to use them actively and to avoid using the tones when it's not appropriate. Like uh, Europeans generally have this tendency to, to, raise the, uh, to raise the tone when asking a question. Uh, and you mustn't do that in Chinese because you're changing the meaning. Oh, so right. it, it takes getting used to, but it's not at all impossible. Right. The Chinese people are also used to foreigners using bad tones, so it's not so bad to <laughs> use something different. Right, and I, I guess it's just a, one of these things where people don't really know about it, and so they fear that it's much harder than it really is, yeah. or much bigger. And Mandarin only has four tones, like Cantonese and the other dialects have a lot more. Yeah. So I mean, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> that that's kind of the, uh, the the what we're going for. So, do you have any kind of ninja tips and tricks for people who want to learn Chinese? I guess the kind of the speaking and listening is kind of obvious, but are there any tips for maybe the writing or reading that you realized yeah. along the way? Yeah, I, I spent a lot of actually several years <laughs> just uh, just able to write like 600 to 800 characters and I never got beyond that no matter how much I tried because beyond that point the characters all started to look the same Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that was a big problem and not being able to uh, learn more characters I was also not able to, to raise more vocabulary to uh, read more stuff to write more stuff so that was a real problem and, and then I encountered the Heisig uh, method for Japanese and uh, what it basically does is it tells you to split the characters into their component parts because the characters are not like uh, squiggles without any meaning. <laughs> uh, they consist of different parts, like about uh, 200 uh, distinct parts. Of, um, just very few of them are regularly used. And then uh, you, you can kind of uh, create a story around these parts which allow you to memorize even the, the, the most difficult or the, the most complex characters. And with that approach, uh, it's a lot easier to learn characters. Now, originally this was uh, proposed by, by Heisig or um, other authors uh, who weren't so successful in promoting the method. <laughs> but uh, for Chinese, it took a bit of uh, time, but finally there are also some books uh, using this method, like the learning, ch uh, learning Chinese Characters book or Reading and Writing Chinese Characters. Both of these are very good books that use this method for Chinese. Great. And, yeah, originally I tried to do a bit my, by myself, just looking at the characters and seeing what kind of parts there are. But it's, it's really better to follow this kind of book that has a, a regular approach. Same with Japanese, you only have to learn a few of those. Or uh, it's not really important if you don't know a character yet, because you can still keep uh, using hiragana, katakana. But with Chinese, uh, it makes a lot of sense to, to go with a book that teaches them from, from the most basic, the most simple combinations up to the more complex ones. And also keeping in mind uh, how, how common the characters are. Because you could be learning, I don't know, thousands of characters and you want to be learning the ones that are the most common ones first so that you can keep studying your textbook or whatever. Right, focusing on frequency. Yeah. That's something we've, we've heard uh, quite a lot in, in language learning recently. 
um, for characters, how many characters would it take to be, let's say, able to read the newspaper or something? A, a kind of simple yet daily use text. Uh, newspapers, well, the, the difficult part are really the names. If you have a lot of Chinese politicians' names, then they may be using really rare characters. Oh, right. But beyond that, I think 3,000 is okay. I think the Chinese government even claims 2,200 would be enough. I'm not so sure about that. Right. But can you, from a, can you from a, a text, deduce what is a name and what is not? Yeah, that's, that's pretty easy once you know that. The characters around it. Okay, so even if you didn't know the politician's character, the character for the name, you'd still be able to say, "Oh, politician X" or yeah, exactly. whatever. Okay, well that's a relief that you didn't know. You didn't need to know every single character to kind of uh, decryptify the uh, the sentence or text, indeed. All right, so that's some uh, some great uh, Chinese language learning tips and tricks. And uh, as I've been kind of saying a little loosely, I guess I'll make it official that I'll be learning Chinese as well. Awesome. Yeah, I've, I've decided to go. I, I still don't know if I want to learn Cantonese first or during or after or even at all. But, you know, I still have some time. I still have Russian this year and, and Esperanto. Um, as as well, so it's not going to be this year, but I'm definitely going to learn it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as as always on the on the website and and the blog uh, and here in the podcast, I'm looking for new methods to optimize the language learning process because I think that's the one strength we have as a technologically advanced uh, people. I guess <laughs> is that we can always make it easier and faster to learn languages. And some methods are great, and some are not so great. But today, the the one we're going to talk about is is learn you. Mm-hmm. And what exactly is LearnU? Because I could say LearnU is a Chinese course, but that's not quite covering it's, it, does it? It's quite different from regular Chinese courses. I mean, obviously it teaches you Chinese, so in that <laughs> sense it's a, it's a course. But right. uh, what it really does is uh, it, uh, it creates the course as you go along. So this is a system that of course has a database of what you need to know for uh, certain levels of competence um, but then if you go along and you find something difficult then the system will generate more and more exercises for this uh, until you understand it and once you understand it uh, it will present you with something new and uh-huh. that keeps repeating so if you understand something quickly you'll quickly see something new if you find something difficult you'll get a lot of practice until you go on. So it's uh, really adapting to you personally as a learner. Oh, great. And and how did you, let's go back uh, quite a lot of time, I can imagine. Uh, how did you say, well, I don't think there's quite enough, a good enough course to teach Chinese. Like, how did that moment happen? Well, I've always been a bit dissatisfied with the level of Chinese teaching, especially when I started out, a lot of it was very traditional, a lot of memorization, a lot of... Uh, translation, a lot of uh, just you keep doing it over and over and you'll eventually get it to that kind of attitude. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, nowadays you can find uh, Western kind of courses, communicative uh, le- uh, method uh, courses, but I keep seeing that uh, people don't really wind up with a good level after all that. Uh, I, I'm taking some classes uh, here locally in Berlin and also uh, online at uh, Dalarna University. And uh, a lot of my classmates have studied Chinese for 10 years or the like, and they're still not really fluent in speaking. They still, if they do a presentation, they read what they have to present. Uh, if they ask to talk about the topic freely, they 
not really able to say much. Mm. And I think that uh, the, this is really the problem with the current approach is that y you don't get enough opportunities to speak and you don't get enough opportunities uh, to use the language. You also not get enough uh, exposure to see the same words in different contexts to see how it might be used. Now this is this is quite fine for European languages. If you see a, a word Italian lavora, okay, to work, you know you can use it pretty much the same as the English word to work, uh, and that's fine. So you just transfer new knowledge, and uh, that's it. But with Ch Chinese, you need to see the same word in different contexts and to. Uh, have a chance to, to use it yourself, to try it out, uh, and uh, that's basically the, the idea that I have for Learn You, is to give you the chance to uh, to see the words and uh, use them a lot and have a very active uh, kind of language learning experience, You're not just reading text. Uh, you're always actively involved. Uh, if you're reading something, then Learn You also asks you to translate it. Mm. Uh, if you're, uh, another exercise might be to translate something to Chinese. Uh, or uh, it might ask you to respond to uh, a prompted conversation, uh, to have a conversation with the computer, just to get you using the language and not just absorbing it passively. Right. And that probably doesn't only happen with Chinese. That's, that's classroom-style learning for every language. Yeah. I mean, if people go to German classes in Sweden, for instance, they might know how to read and have a pretty good vocabulary, but ask them to go to Berlin and speak to anyone, and they'll be, uh, you know, they'll be out of practice. Or So you, you incorporate that active approach from day one. That was part of the philosophy. Yes, yes. And actually, I had uh, a, few, uh, a few teachers already asked me if they could use uh, Learn You with their students as a, a way to, to improve the classroom experience, because there's just no way if you have 20, 30 people in a class, there's not just no way you can give everyone the chance to use the language as much as they need to. Right. But what I was saying is it's not just applicable to the classroom. I've also found this with self-study courses that people are doing. And they don't present the words in different contexts. So you have a text of, I don't know, one page, if you're lucky. And after that, you have one or maybe two pages of vocabulary. And most of these words only appear once in the text. Mm. And then in the, ne in the next lesson, they may not appear at all. Right. Uh, so this is kind of okay for European languages because you just do a mental equation, laborable is work. Mm. But uh, for, for Chinese, you really need to see them in different contexts, see them multiple times and review them often enough to keep the, uh, the knowledge alive. And the brain is incredibly powerful. So if you show the brain enough examples, it will work out the connection of the word itself, right? Mm -hmm. So that's an, an incredible, incredibly powerful. Um, but one thing is having like a, a, a vision and, a, and an idea. But uh, And I know you have a background in programming, so maybe that's not the hard part. But still, creating a whole course from scratch, that must be a huge investment of time and effort. How did you just get started? I mean, how, what happened? <laughs> Uh, well, I was just finished my, with my university degree and I was looking for something to do. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm going to change how people learn Chinese. And this was, uh, of course, it was a lot of work. This was about a year ago. Uh, and uh, so, of course, I spent a lot of time on that. I also invested a lot of money because I can't do everything by myself. I had to hire like Chinese native speakers, uh, Chinese teachers. Uh, people to record audio, uh, also to help me with other things I couldn't do around the site. But yeah, being able to program is a big help. Uh, it allowed me to create most of the site. Uh, I mean, most of the 
uh, innovative part of it uh, by myself. Uh, and also, it allowed me to have a side job to keep generating <laughs> a bit of that money. <laughs> yeah, I can see. And, and what you just said, I find quite important as well, because, uh, you know, when you're designing a, a Chinese course, even if you've studied it for 10 years, you really need to be sh make sure that the content is perfect right so yeah. having native people record the audio so the 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 kind of the accents and the, the the way it sounds is perfect and also that all the text material is absolutely correct i guess that must have been a, a big kind of a priority for you of course yeah uh actually one, one of the sites that uh, inspired me to create learn you was uh, duolingo because uh, they first had the idea to apply uh, computers to language learning and try to uh, try to guess what you might need to learn or I guess how, how far along you are what what would give you a difficulty uh, and there are a lot of things that I, I don't like about their site and one of the things is that they use machine voices oh really <laughs> now, that's a big no no for me I mean for some languages they're kind of okay but for others they sound totally unnatural and I would never want to learn a language and have that kind of accent sound like a computer it's so off turning for a conversation right so yes my priority was to get everything recorded by me <laughs> speakers and yeah also to record a lot of parts uh, in the system whenever you do an exercise no matter what kind of exercise you will always hear the Chinese pronunciation afterwards so that you'll really burn the sound into your mind right and, and keep learning that way and you said it took a year to get from right now we're in the in the middle of the uh, or nearing the end of the Indiegogo uh, promotion campaign but we, you just kind of released publicly, uh, do you call it a beta version or? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it was a, a closed beta. So we've been testing the site with uh, testers for uh, several months now. And I wanted to get some more broad testing by people who may not have experience learning Chinese so that I could get different kind of bug reports and different kind of suggestions for improvement. So, yeah, um, and it's technically a closed beta, you need an invitation to participate. But we also said if people support us on, in this Indiegogo campaign, then of course we're also going to let them use the site early. It's the least we can do. Right, and there is already um, a lesson on there, lesson one, right? Um, uh, module one? What's um, the name of it? <laughs> yeah, le lesson one is uh, the one that we have publicly to have like a proof of concept, like a demonstration for the ones who are not sure what kind of method uh, learning you is using. Uh, so that's what you can do even without being invited. Right. But if you're invited, then we have more lessons and we will soon have a lot more. Yeah, right. It's, it's not, this isn't a concept. You actually have a lot already done. Yes. And the Indiegogo campaign is a way to get more done, even more done. Yes. And exactly. faster. Uh, because right now, I believe the it is targeting the HSK level one. Yes. And your vision is to go all the way up to the highest level they target, right? Yes, up to HSK 6, which according to the Chinese government is uh, C2. That's, so, very, yeah. <laughs> that's a very high level. Yeah, they make it easy because they have uh, these guidelines, like which vocabulary do you need to know, which kind of sentences do you need to be able to handle. So at least in terms of uh, mastering the test, uh, it will be possible. Now, I can't promise that you'll be able to have conversations at level six because that also requires a lot of uh, practice in the real world, uh, having conversations with real people, not just a computer. But right. it's definitely uh, going that way. And yeah, I think... If we can do this much, it will be a really, really awesome thing. Yeah. What are some of the uh, struggles of making a computer teach us languages? Are there any limitations to the system itself? Or uh, what, what kind of struggles did you have when you were developing the 
the let's say the brain behind it the biggest struggle is that the computer doesn't really understand language uh, so there are some sentences that we know mean the same thing but the computer won't know that uh, so if i have a, an exercise where you're supposed to respond in a conversation uh, then there may be dozens of ways that you could respond that all mean the same thing and that's what we have to teach the computer that it's okay no matter which way you respond that it's ah, going to be okay right so you have to kind of manually input uh, answer keys so to speak yes I, I can imagine because otherwise how would the computer know <laughs> yeah I mean getting one answer is uh, is the easy part you'd expect that right right uh, to, to input okay the question is how are you the answer is uh, I'm fine right and then you have to think which other uh, responses could people give that would also be correct and that the computer should accept right. that's the hard part yeah and that's a lot of languages for I mean a lot of answers for that particular question yeah. <laughs> I'm fine I'm alright I'm well all right, but you but you're still finding that a computer can boost or let's say empower language learning beyond that of a let's say a book or let's say a recorded course. The benefits are that it adapts to you to the mm -hmm. unique person. And are there any other benefits that we haven't discussed about having a, a computer kind of teach your language? It has infinite patience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's important. To, compared to a tutor. <laughs> Um, especially when it comes to practicing pronunciation, of course, you can ask a computer to play a song for you again and again and again and again. And if you keep making um, a stupid grammar mistake, it won't ever say you're stupid, it will just give you more exercises. <laughs> That's a very, very good uh, bonus point there, I would say. Infinite patience on Learn You. Uh, so you can't break it even if you make a mistake a thousand times. Yeah. It'll still help you and try to get back to uh, that particular word that you're having trouble with. All right, fantastic. And uh, what what's it going to cost? That's a question that people are probably going to ask. When, what's it going to cost? When the site is, uh, is publicly available, it's going to be free. All right. Um, at least the basic version. That is, you can study Chinese with it uh, and it will be free. And then uh, what we're hoping to do uh, is uh, to sell extra materials that are not essential that you could also be getting elsewhere. For example, uh, a book on learning Chinese or all the materials that you could t uh, take with you on your iPod, stuff like that. So convenience mostly, yes. actually, or right. right. bonus features. I think convenience sums it up pretty well. Right. If you want to conveniently learn Chinese, you probably want one of the extra materials. Right. And also, if you really like the course, uh, once you've used it, to show your support, to show your appreciation. Definitely. I mean, I, I do that all the time with tons of things where it's free to join, free to enter, but then they might have some kind of uh, bonus thing or, or premium membership or something. And I always chip in because of the value that I have been given up front. Uh, I think uh, somebody called it the thank you economy is what we're living in, right? Mm -hmm. Where a lot of stuff is free to do, free to learn, free to whatever. But, you know, people thank you afterwards. And I think you've you've set up a, a nice kind of framework for that with the Learn New System. And if people don't like it, you know, they haven't spent anything on it. Right. Exactly. So this is another big difference <laughs> to most language courses. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there who make money by 
by selling you the course and then they don't care if you learn the language or not. Maybe right. they hope you don't learn the language and then you buy the next course that they publish. Oh no, I really dread to think about how many dollars have been spent on Rosetta Stone's courses and not led to any kind of ability in the language. I don't know, there's a lot of people recommending Rosetta Stone, really? but they don't seem to be the people who are really good at languages. <laughs> they don't seem to speak the language. Well, yeah, I'm just, uh, that's a nightmare for me right there. But anyway, it's it, it's been a, a great pleasure to talk to you, and as always. And I think um, there's about six days left of the Indiegogo campaign, and I really encourage people to go and sign up and support the cause. Uh, firstly, because uh, Judith is an amazing person, and secondly, because uh, Chinese is a, a big language, 800 million to a billion Mandarin yeah. speakers. I mean, you're really uh, missing out on a lot if you're if you're at least not have a little bit of knowledge in Chinese. So go to uh, go to Indiegogo now. I think the, the sh they have a fancy short link for it, don't they? Uh, igg dot um, me yes. slash at slash Chinese. Yeah, or igme at Chinese. Right, igme at Chinese. Or you can just go to learnnew.com. Yeah, of course. That's a big button on the front page. Yeah, and, and then that, you can also try the first lesson to see what the system feels like. Of course, that would be obvious. Uh, and learn you is uh, why you, not why yes. uh, you. This is so, a play on words, actually. Yeah? Yeah, um, because why uh, you, in Chinese it will be pronounced you, and it means language. Ah. So it's like learn the language, learn Chinese language. Ah. So learn learn language or learn yourself language, yeah. so to speak. All right, fantastic. And you know, I, I have been testing it a little bit and I, I really like it so far. And uh, you also uh, put my review on the Indiegogo page so people mm -hmm. can read that if they're interested in my little two cents. And I'm just uh, looking forward to getting started for real uh, next year. Awesome. That's about it. And I'll, I'll send you lots of Skype messages about Chinese questions. Yes, you do that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Actual Fluency Podcast. For more information, be sure to check out actualfluency.com. Until next time, enjoy learning and have a great day. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the end of this podcast. And before you go, I just want to thank today's show sponsor, Audible. And as a thank you to the listeners, Audible is currently offering a free audio book to the actual fluency audience. And basically you go to audibletrial.com forward slash fluency. That's the link for actual fluency listeners. And at this uh, URL, you're given the option to sign up for a free 30-day trial, and you can download any audiobook from 150,000 titles. They have multiple languages as well if you're practicing some of the bigger languages. So I would definitely encourage you to go in and check out Audible. They are the biggest provider. Uh, just be sure you, uh, you uh, cancel your membership before 30 days are up, and then you will be given the book absolutely for free. It'll be tied to your account, so there'll be no problem there. But that would be at audibletrial.com forward slash fluency. And as always, thank you for listening and I'll see you later.